This is episode number 16 with IITN and deep learning researcher Varuni Sarwal. Welcome back to a brand new podcast episode. I'm Ishan Sharma and you are listening to Bitscast. Today I have Varuni Sarwal on this episode. We talked about how she got her internships into Harvard and UCLA and what all she learned being in IIT Delhi. What is she really excited about going into this new decade? A lot of great advice for college students and a bunch of other stuff, uh, her future plans and it was just a great episode for me. I really enjoyed it and I hope you will also learn something from it. Let me know if you're enjoying these uh, podcast episodes by reaching out to me on Instagram at ishansharma7390 and now let's get into it. Uh, Hello Varani, thank you so much for joining me here for this podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I'm great. So, I'm actually really curious to know that uh, what has your journey been like from uh, from college into IIT Delhi and, and now getting into research internships from Harvard and UCLA. Tell me a little about that. Okay, so um, I joined IIT Delhi because it was super close to where I lived and I wanted to be in Delhi. And then I got it really interested in computer science and more specifically on the applications of computer science to biological problems. And that led me okay. to doing like a couple of projects at my own university. And then um, I wanted to go to the US because I'd been there as a kid. So I wanted to go again. And okay. I applied and I went to UCLA and then I really enjoyed my doing research. So I thought that I would do it the next summer. So instead of sitting for placements, I applied to Harvard and got selected. And then now I'm going to like do a PhD instead of doing a job. Oh, so PhD in what field? A PhD in computer science. In computer science, wow. So, uh, all right. So, how? What would be your biggest tips for people that are looking to get internships into, uh, you know, research for, for colleges? What would that be? So, I think that the most important part of it is probably getting a lot of experience at your own university in the form of projects or publications, because that's what foreign faculty members are going to look for. So. Before applying, make sure that you have a strong resume and then apply. And uh, did you get any some sort of uh, monetary stipend over there or uh, did you have yeah, to yeah. be at the experiences by yourself? No, they paid for everything. Okay, they paid for everything. Well, what was the experience like going into for, for UCLA and Harvard University? Yeah, so like it was amazing. It totally changed. So like during my first year, first and second year of undergrad, I was like, there's a mainstream path that most IIT Delhi people follow, and that is to go into like big consultancy or tech firms. And that was my plan. Like that was literally what I was planning to do. And I was like a part of our training and placement cell. And I used to volunteer simply because I I knew that I was going to sit for placements four years down the line. And then that just completely changed my path. And I... I never looked back. Then I went to do research once, and then I loved it, and then I did it How again. How did it and... change? What was the point in which you realized that research is what you're more inclined towards and not, uh, you know, sitting for placements and working for companies? Yeah, I think that was mainly because of my experience at UCLA. So my professors and, um, like, everybody in the lab was so supportive, and I found how fun research could be and how much like how much growth there was in that path and how much there was to learn and discover. And that just made me realize that I was meant for research and not like a job. Mm-hmm. And, and what is your experience being like uh, at IIT Delhi? I think it's been pretty amazing so far. Like 
Yeah, so all the stuff that I mentioned so far was only possible because I had super helpful seniors who guided me to like get internships and gave me funding. So yeah, this would yeah. not have been possible without my college. Mm-hmm. And uh, what would be the sort of projects that, that you would suggest people to do uh, if they're going to have a good resume to apply for internships like these? I mean, so, like for example, if they're into machine learning, like yeah. I am, so like yeah. what sort of projects would be, uh, you know, would be looking different uh, on your resume than most other people? So I think there are two parts of machine learning. So the first is theoretical and the second is applied. So for applied machine learning, you can apply it to almost anything. Like I have a, I have a startup, I have a friend who's doing a startup who's applying machine learning to hair and I applied it to biology. So for applying okay. it, you can apply it to any area you're interested in, just gather a lot of data, train a model. And for mm-hmm. theoretical machine learning, you can go into like the math and like why stuff works. But I think that mainly depends on what you're interested in as compared to what people look for. Mm-hmm. And was CGPA a deciding factor uh, when you applied? I think you should keep a decent GPA, but I wouldn't go too far and spend, like suggest you to spend all your time and like getting an A in every subject. Like, I think that varies for different colleges, like in IIT. Even like B's are pretty hard to get. Like, so so yeah. that depends. Like, just stay well above average, but like don't spend all your time only in the library studying and like getting marks. Which part of a machine learning application is most uh, you know that you're most looking after in this decade right now? So for me, I'm applying it to a biological data set. Okay, so like what exactly over there? Can you elaborate? So, like, for my senior thesis, I applied different deep learning techniques to um, sgRNA data to decide which guides were, like, which guides were good and which guides were bad based on the number of off-targets that they had for a CRISPR-Cas9 system. Okay. All right. And in uh, the Harvard internship? So, my project at Harvard was very special. So... I worked on an artificial pancreas simulator in which I was I was seeing how additional sensor measurements could could improve glycemic control. So I was basically working on controllers and writing scripts in MATLAB to see okay. how the dynamics of the system changed when there were like more inputs added. Mm-hmm. So I was basically programming a robotic device that could be worn by human beings that would help them stay healthy if they had diabetes. Okay, and what was the outcome of that? Were you so successful? the outcome was pretty cool, yeah, yeah. So I modified the algorithm of um, a model predictive controller and through my simulations, so we can only do this on simulations right now because we can't really deal with human beings, but my simulation so that people with a pre-existing condition were dying if the existing algorithm was used and then when I ran my own like modified algorithm then they were like being saved so that was pretty awesome that made me realize how powerful research is that like by simply some by simply changing a few lines of code you can like actually make a dying person live so yeah (laughs) so you said that you are going uh, for PhD in computer science now why do you think that it is still a viable option uh, for you know uh, going for PhD uh, in a college institution uh, 
why can't i just uh, you know study on my own and gather experience over there but like for a phd you have to do research and for doing research you need an environment in which you can like work with collaborators like for my area of research you need a lot of data that normally comes from a medical school so ucla has yeah. a medical school harvard has a medical school so we work with teams together and they give us the data and then we work together with a lot of computer scientists to make sense of that sense out of that data and then we publish our results so yeah you need a setting i don't think it would be very yeah. um, logical to do it in isolation okay all right and what sort of a future can we imagine uh, when you know uh, machine learning is applied completely into uh, genetics and biology what would what could be the outcome of that be like i think it has a very bright future like even right now because of the coronavirus like there is a standstill yeah. everything is shut uh, down so yesterday i was trying to make a machine a, a model that could predict uh, if uh, the particular x-ray scan has uh you know uh, coronavirus or not so yeah, i was trying to yeah. do that and but the accuracy wasn't that good because we didn't have much training data of course so, yeah yeah so i think that there is a saturation of traditional healthcare or traditional medicine like there's only a point to which that can go but i think that like considering how powerful machines and algorithms are right now if we just like combine both of them together then we can actually like we can do great things if we use if we combine computer science and biology yeah that's great and and what would be your one advice that you would want to give to people like us that are studying in first year and second year and are passionate about machine learning i think like use your vacations well so that's what i did so most 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 of my friends or most people in general just like go home during the first year summer break and like be like chill karo but i think that if yeah. you if you work on a project or do a few courses online it's super fun and that way you you have an edge over the others because by the yeah. end of your first year you've done a lot so your cv has a lot so if you want to go abroad or do something great in your second year then your cv looks really nice as compared to other people who simply like slept through their summer break <laughs> yeah and what would be uh, your best picks for courses that are available on courses or udemy for learning deep learning and all so the only course that i did online was the andrew ng machine learning one yeah. which i think a lot <laughs> of people everyone does yeah, yeah yeah for the rest of it i just did courses at my own university so i may not be the best person to ask but there's a lot of stuff mm -hmm. online so you can mm -hmm. and do you use vim i mean i'm just curious to ask Web. as an editor for vim yeah editor for writing yeah you use yeah. that yeah yeah i actually had a third year right in my college and he was suggesting me to use vim and not okay. vs code or sublime so i was i was i was curious if that's really useful yeah i mean i i honestly i also use sublime so i i don't like yeah there's no hard and fast fast preference yeah yeah but vim actually has a very steep learning curve and it's difficult yeah, to understand yeah. every It's very much uh, flexible in what you can do with it. Yeah, yeah, it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. All right, Varuni, it has been amazing to talk to you, and uh, I hope the audience will be able to learn something from you. Great. All right, thank you so much for joining me here, and I hope to talk to you soon. Bye bye. Okay, great. Bye.
So that was Varuni Sarwal. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know what are you... and if you are enjoying it let and if you are enjoying it make sure that you leave a review on apple podcast it really means a lot to me it helps uh, for other people to discover this podcast and yeah it just means the world to me thank you so much for joining me for this podcast and i will see you in the next one till then see ya bye bye